0: from Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Father, bless the word of God to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's be seated together. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there are five historical books that we can put on a timeline. We have the four Gospels and the book of Acts. And the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record for us the birth of Christ, the Messiah, the Promised One, the Savior, and covers his public ministry in particular, and then focuses especially on the final week before leading up to the cross and finishes, of course, with his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension back into heaven. And his final words in the Gospels to the disciples are the words that we just read together. They are often referred to as the Great Commission, which is a term meaning a command or a mission, that they were... um, given the responsibility that they would take the good news, that they would teach the gospel, that the gospel would be heralded out throughout the the world, from Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world. They were to to preach, to propagate, to teach the good news of the gospel. And this is what he says. And there's a question often uh, some may ask, is this, command or commission given to all believers, to all churches, or just to the 11 that were with him? Well, we certainly know earlier in this chapter that he was with the 11 when he said this. But the command clearly goes beyond the 11 because in verse 20, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the great commission is is a responsibility that is passed on through the church age from believers to believers all through the generations of the church age this wonderful commission and responsibility and privilege to teach and preach the good news. It's the book of Acts, the fifth historical book that picks up on the heels of that and shows how the church was born and how the church began to grow and people were hearing the gospel and as they heard it, their hearts were open and they believed and they sensed the power and the presence of God in their life and had assurance of their salvation. Not salvation by works because they were good people but salvation according to the good news that Jesus had told them to preach the good news that Jesus died in our place. And though we do not deserve heaven and we could never merit or earn our salvation, it's the very reason He came and bore our sins on the cross. So that we, even today, could hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins and extends the offer, the free offer of salvation to to whoever in a moment of faith will humble themselves and believe that they are a sinner in need of salvation, and Jesus is the Savior. And he says in this commission, he he says, go. Or it could be translated, as you are going, as you live your life, in the different circumstances and places that we find ourselves in, meeting people. As we live our life, we have this gospel message in our heart. And may we have God's heart also that others would know the gospel and the truth, that us, others would come to be set free as we, as Christians, have been set free. And he says, You are to make disciples. What does that mean, to make a disciple? Well, the word disciple, the Greek word, means a disciplined learner, a student, if you will. One who is studying, hearing, growing in their understanding and growing in their faith and therefore becoming a follower. And that's why in our local evangelical church we highly value the teaching and the preaching of the word of God, of the Bible. Because it's through that teaching, as people listen and hear, that they become learners. That they become those who are growing in their faith. Therefore, it's by the preaching and teaching of the word that we make disciples. And then he says this phrase so beautifully relevant to us on this day baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptizo is the Greek word. It means to to dip, to immerse, to submerge, with the idea of to wash, to make clean with water. And clearly, a full immersion is, is spoken of when it comes to baptism, though some churches may practice sprinkling, uh, we believe that it is a full immersion in the water. I remember once we, I was in Israel with a group of Chinese believers leading a tour there. We went to the Jordan River, and there's little sections where people get baptized. And, and next to us, there was another Chinese church. And they were going down into the water, and the pastor was cupping his hands and sprinkling. And I said to our brothers, you guys are going under. Full immersion. Because it pictures someone's salvation of being fully baptized or united with the person of Christ. Being baptized and united with the work of the cross. That we died with him, And we also are given a brand new life in him. And as these precious believers go down in the water today, that's what it signifies. That when they put their faith in Christ, they were unified with him and they died with him and are given a brand new life in him. Baptism is an amazing milestone in a believer's life. You have come to a point where you are, not. no, you we have come to a point where you are, unless you want to, you, we can talk before if you will. You've come to an important milestone in your life where you are making your public testimony before the family of God, before God, before the angels, and before the people of God, before the Church of Christ. How many, how many here have been baptized in this church? Any? Wonderful. Look at those, those beautiful hands. The times that we have gathered in years gone by and seen precious brothers and sisters make their testimony and be baptized. It's so wonderful. Uh, last November, we had a baptism here. Do you remember? One year ago. And since then, we've actually had three baptisms. One of them was in India, and Tyrone got baptized in India with some other precious believers who were Hindus and then they came to the faith and they got baptized in this in this <laughs> in this muddy you know lake and when you get baptized in India David he first of all he throws a few stones in the in the river or the lake wherever you are and you're like what are you doing he says I'm just getting rid of any snakes or frogs that are in there and he throws the stones and you see them skip across the thing and he, So there's none in here today, you guys, you're you're okay. Then we had um, uh, a baptism in the summer. My daughter got baptized, and uh, Mufaro and and, uh, James, that was a wonderful, that was in the sea, it was a bit colder, Uh, under the white cliffs, what a wonderful uh, event and time that was. And then of course, uh, today. I'll reflect on a few other baptisms, if you would give me a few moments to do so. Maxine, who's with us today, is a dear friend of ours, and she was a student in the school uh, that we taught in, and, and she is a very special person, uh, and, um, and she will remember, we used to have these baptisms at the school, not at the school, but at a local open-air pool. Uh, at the time, I was the chaplain in the, in the school, in the Christian school, I was also the pastor of the Chinese church in Budapest and also the pastor of the Hungarian International Church. So we would have one baptism for all of those. In the summer. Oh, it was glorious because you had international students and Chinese believers and then Hungarians. And we would have a couple of hundred people sitting around the pool and people singing, and about 20, 25 people in white getting ready. And they would one by one come down, give their testimonies, and get baptized. Wow, there is nothing like it. Um, Perhaps you're here today, and the idea of a baptism is foreign to you. Perhaps you think of it, you see it as a religious ceremony of some kind, and I hope you come to understand what it really represents. For us as Christians, we understand what this means, and we salute you. We understand your faith. We understand what salvation really means in a person's life. I remember my wife and I, we were on an on uh, anniversary holiday one time and further down the beach, it was in St. Lucia, all of a sudden there were these people coming out of vans and cars coming down to the water to get baptized. And they were singing and people getting baptized and there were people looking like, you know, what? And they didn't know what was happening, all oh, but we understood In our hearts, we could rejoice with them because we understand what baptism truly uh, represents. Remember one baptism at that pool. At the end, we said, is there anyone else here who wants to get baptized? And one Chinese lady from the Chinese church, she said, I'll get baptized. So in her long dress, she wasn't prepared for it. She walked down into the baptism when her dress rose up and, and she got baptized in the moment. Another time, we said that at another event, is anyone else want to get baptized? And there was silence, and the cameraman at that moment fell in the pool. (laughs) And we were like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. (laughs) We were able to baptize there people from India and China and South Korea and Romania and and England and all, all, all different nations. It was amazing. We would often go to Lake Balaton in Hungary with church camps and Balaton's quite shallow. You can walk right out and pe- we would all wade out, a few, couple of hundred of us, and watch people get baptized in Lake Balaton. Another time we had a youth camp with these Christians, uh, teenagers from Lithuania, and they joined our youth. I was a youth pastor at the time. And we had a baptism of Lithuanians and Hungarians in the in the Lake Balaton. Oh, what a glorious time that was. We had a Jewish girl in the school who was going back to Israel and she had become a Christian in the school. And she asked if she could secretly, privately be baptized that no one would know. And we baptized her in the bathtub. And I tell you, it was glorious. Another time, we had a guy from Pakistan in our church. He was also going back to Pakistan. He'd become a Christian. He says, listen, I want to get baptized. When? I want to get baptized this Sunday. Oh, gosh. So we bought a paddling pool, (laughs) a kiddies paddling pool. It was about this high. Pictures, colorful pictures of animals around the side. He had to sit at the bottom so we could get him right under. But I tell you what, God was there. It was so, so powerful as we heard his testimony. And I could go on and on. I, the, we did camps in the Ukraine, in the river in Ukraine, by the mountains, and these precious Ukrainian believers getting baptized. And, of course, as we mentioned, in India, each year that we go, there are some who get baptized. And, of course, it's, it's quite a sensitive, pivotal point to baptize believers there. We would drive a a couple of hours. You have to go to the remotest place. We'd drive a couple of hours into the mountains through Guma Village, and we would drive literally across these like paddy fields where we shouldn't be driving, and we would come to this little dirty river, and we we would baptize believers there. One girl, her name is N- Natani, and I remember she sang. In fact, afterwards, when we have soup and tea, coffee, we'll have an open mic time, I'll, I'll play her song. Because on the riverbank, she, she sang, she's beautiful, crystal clear voice, just before she got baptized. And I said, what, what's the song about? And she said, the song is about, oh, so, many, so, many, so often love has failed me in this life. And often we get hurt in this life, but God's love has never failed me and his grace has saved me. Something like that. And she shared that with us. And again, the presence of God was in that place, at that river. It was incredible. And the last phrase that Jesus says in this passage, he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this This word here, this expression, lo, or behold, in other words, surely, or remember this. Let this get your attention, what I'm about to say. I am with you always. In verse 18, he says, all power is given to me. And in verse 20, he says, I am with you always. And in the middle, he says, go. We call that the, the, um, we could call that the Great Commission sandwich, that the go is between the power and the presence of God. He says, "All power is given to me, and I am with you, so go." And be an ambassador and be a representative of of me and my kingdom and the gospel. And push through intimidation and push through and by faith have a ministry and share the hope of your salvation with those who don't have it. Who else will share with them but Christians that are in their lives? But why do we baptize? Let's finish with this. What does baptism mean? It's quite quite strange when you think about it. We take someone and they go down in the water and they come up again. And we're like, why do we do that? Well, there are two uses of baptism in the New Testament. One refers to a spiritual baptism... And one refers to the water baptism. And you can't really understand the water baptism until you understand what the spiritual baptism represents. So Jesus, after he gave the commission, and he also said, I will build my church. So the building of the church, the drawing of people, the salvation of people is a work of God that we are uh, allowed to be a part of. But the church is not the building the church is people. 1 Peter 2.5, it speaks of a building made up of living stones. That's the real church, not the building, though we say that we're going to church. But church in the true New Testament understanding is the people. It is made of brothers and sisters who have maybe different journeys, but this wonderful one common denominator that Jesus is our savior. And that we came to a point in our life where we heard the gospel and we bowed our heart and we accepted him as our savior. So that moment when someone does that is the point of their spiritual baptism. And what spiritual baptism means is that they are made one with that living church they are made one or paul calls it he uses the analogy of like a living body that you become a member of a living body where we share the same life that god's spirit is in each of us and gives us that unity and that life through our salvation so 1 corinthians 12:13 says by one spirit we were all baptized into one body and have been made to drink into one spirit. By one spirit, we were baptized. Hello, there it is. We were baptized. This isn't water baptism. This is a spiritual baptism where someone is, and the Bible uses different terms, saved, regenerated, sanctified, justified, etc., born again, all of these different phrases referring to this one moment. There's a spirit baptism and a water baptism. Which one is more important? The spirit baptism. Because if I get water baptized, but I've never truly been saved, it is just a ceremony that really doesn't hold any meaning. But if I have a spirit baptism and I never get water baptized, this is the point of my salvation. I am saved. Water baptism doesn't save me. But the reason we do it, the reason God has commanded us to do it as Christians And I'll take this moment to throw an exhortation in. If you haven't been water baptized as an adult, what are you waiting for? Get baptized. You say, well, it's been too long. I've been a Christian for so long. So what? So what? Take the plunge. You say, well, I got christened when I was a baby. The Bible teaches adult baptism. It's not your parents' choice. It's your choice. You say, "Well, I got confirmed later, and that was meaningful to me. Wonderful, that's beautiful, and it is meaningful. But that's not water baptism." So I finish with that. Thank you very much. Another baptism, baptism will be coming up. So Ephesians 4:4 says, "There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called with one hope. When you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism." And that's the spirit baptism. Paul says, Do you not know as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. And again, this is what's represented, that we were baptized into his death and been given a new life, and therefore we should walk in the newness of that life. So water baptism is an outward symbolic act of something that has already happened in someone's life. It's not the the, the same point or day of salvation, although I know a couple of people who actually did get saved on the same day they got baptized. We were at the pool one year and Mr. Ning from the Chinese church, a dear precious brother. Uh, his wife had been been a Christian in the church for some months and he'd been coming and listening. very smart, intelligent businessman, been listening and listening and listening. And he, everyone in the church kind of knew he wasn't a Christian. He's on his journey. And on the day of the baptism, all the people around the pool and the singing, and Mr. Ning comes up with his white robe and his towel under his arm and his flip-flops. I, I said, hi, Mr. Ning. He says, uh, this is the day. I said, well, I, Mr. Ning, I'm so glad that you want, you know, you want to get baptized, but... But really, you need to become a true Christian before you get baptized. You have to open your heart and accept Jesus as your Savior before you get baptized. And he said, I know, this is the day. (laughs) So right there, we said, music, play on. We took him to the side, and we, we did a gospel circuit with him, and we prayed with him. And right there on the edge of the pool, with his wife looking on, he got saved. And then he got baptized. Wow! And actually, the biblical model is that don't don't wait, get baptized. It's so so wonderful. So um, when you see a baptism, and the baptism says so much in itself, the the it tells us uh, so much. It speaks to us so much. That's you, When you see a baptism, you understand why God told us to do it because it really is so powerful. There was another senior student in us in the school in Budapest. Her name was Flo. She was Hungarian, and she became a believer, beautiful girl and just vibrant, and she became a Christian, and she got baptized that day, and her family were at the pool. Her mother, her father, her brother was there, her brother. And, and, and at the end of the baptism, we said, listen, maybe there's someone here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've heard about the gospel, but you don't fully understand. And I, we sh- framed the gospel that G- God loves you, Jesus died for you. Open your heart and be saved today. Is there anyone here? And her family raised their hand. And right there, I walked in the pool. I was in the pool. I walked over to the side, and with everyone watching, we held their hands and we prayed with them. And then she said, listen, my brother has been waiting for an organ transplant for many, many years, and if he doesn't get it, he's not going to be with us. Can you pray for that? So at the pool, we prayed, and they've been waiting years. And we, in Jesus' name, amen. The next day, they get a call from the hospital and they had the organ they had the transplant and he lived it he's lived a healthy life amazing story so the last word in these verses is the word amen it's not jesus didn't say amen matthew who is writing adds the quote's finish and matthew says amen It's so beautiful. Amen. Meaning, let it be so. Full agreement. Let it be so. Yes, yes. And this is what we are saying today. Jesus said, I will build my church. And we are saying, Amen. Amen. Jesus is saying, Go make disciples and baptize them in my name. And we are saying, "Amen." Amen. And we look at these precious believers today on their journey of faith and this decision they are making. And we say, Amen. We celebrate with you. We are with you. We, we understand what it means. And we are so happy and thankful for you. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the gospel that rings so true and so clear. For there is no other Savior. There is no other way to be saved. And we are more than just flesh and blood, but we are body, soul, and spirit, that we were made to have a spiritual connection and relationship with you. We thank you for the gift of salvation, for the miracle of regeneration in someone's life that is pictured in this this ceremony today. Perhaps there's one here that you've never opened your heart to Jesus Oh, don't let this moment pass by, but look to him in faith and say, Oh God, I, I come by faith. I, I don't, may not understand it all, all but I sense I, I have a desire and a need for you in my life. I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior, and I ask you to save me by grace through faith and lead me in the way in a relationship with you. We pray and bless the rest of this time together now. In Jesus' name, amen.